Welcome to Podcast West Seattle. My name is Andrew. We are listening to St. Pat, who performed at the Skylark's open mic on Wednesday in April. The Skylark has an open mic every Wednesday night. They call it the best open mic in Seattle. If there's a better one, I don't want to know about it. You can find St. Pat on YouTube at St. Pampersat. You can also find him performing live at the High Dive in Fremont on June 3rd. This week on Podcast West Seattle, it's the West Seattle Pizza Tournament Championship. The final four is set. We'll crown a champion today. We also visit Poetry Bridge at CNP, check in with some neighborhood events, and hear a short story from local author Matt Briggs. This is Podcast West Seattle. When last we spoke on Episode 3 of Podcast West Seattle, we began the West Seattle Pizza Tournament. On this episode, we finish it. We started with 16 West Seattle pizza restaurants. Twelve judges did the hard work of narrowing the field down to four. Christos, Sopranos, Mod, and Pizzeria Credo. And now it's time to find out who moves on to the final round. But before we get to the matchups, many people have asked, why do a West Seattle pizza tournament? Well, first of all, because pizza is awesome. And there's a whole lot of it in West Seattle. And almost everyone has an opinion on pizza, because almost everyone eats it. In fact, I talked to an expert. 40% of Americans eat pizza once per week. Me personally, Chef Don Hoots at the Metropolitan Grill, I've eaten pizza twice today and three times now this week. Chef Don Hoots from the Metropolitan Grill, he's going to give us some pizza fun facts, and then we'll hear more from him later when he judges the South semifinal matchup between Mod and Pizzeria Credo. Pizza facts. The Hawaiian pizza was actually created by a Greek owner in Canada. And it was uh, in 1962 that the first known Hawaiian pizza was made by a guy who's never been to Hawaii. Another hilarious thing, uh, that the owner of Chuck E. Cheese Pizza was actually a co-founder of Atari Corporation. And it was to get more people to use video games at the time. And that's why the pizza was never very good, but the games were always so much fun. The kids never cared. In 2001, a pizza company actually delivered a pizza to the space station, and that was the first uh, pizza into space. Pizza in space? We're going to stick with pizza in West Seattle. Let's find out who's going to the final. In the North region, it's Christo's on Alki versus Sopranos Pizza and Pasta. Christo's, located at 2805 Alki Avenue, defeated Pegasus and Mio Posto en route to the Final Four. Sopranos Pizza and Pasta, located at 2348 California Avenue, across from the Admiral Theater. They defeated Pagliacci and Spiros to arrive at the Final Four. Let's meet our judge. So my name is Sophia, and I lived in West Seattle for 18 years. When I go out to eat, we normally go to Mio Posto to get their pizza. My mom is Italian, and then I have grandparents that are Italian. I love to cook. I've, ever since I can remember, like, I've always been in the kitchen. I've always been helping my mom. We lived in Italy for four years. Being in Italy, it very influenced our pizza enthusiasm, I should say. The pizza is so good, so fresh, 
the best pizza I have ever had was from Michele's in Naples. It was just phenomenal. It's pizza one is Christo's. To me, I can see that there's cheddar cheese on it. It just <laughs> tastes like cheese. I don't really taste any tomato sauce. I don't really. Number two, it looks like it's been cooked in a wood fire oven. Pizza two is Sopranos. Number two has more of a tomato. You can taste more tomato and basil because I love the taste of fresh basil on pizza. I love tasting the tomato sauce and the crust from the wood fire. I don't know how to describe it. It just tastes better. So I prefer the second pizza. And Sopranos wins. Chef Nick and his excellent wood-fired oven make a big West Seattle statement by making it to the West Seattle Pizza Tournament final matchup. A tip of the cap to Christos, who won me over with their excellent shredded pepperoni and delightful in-restaurant experience. But Sopranos continues to bring the flavor, and they will battle for the West Seattle Pizza Tournament Championship. Who will the opponent be? Let's find out. In the South region, it's Mod versus Pizzeria Credo. Mod Pizza, located at 4755 Fauntleroy Way, defeated Tallericos and Supreme to arrive at the Final Four. Pizzeria Credo, located at 4520 California Avenue, dispatched Peel and Press and Proletariat to get here. And here's our judge. Hi, my name's Don Hoots, and I've been either a resident or visitor in West Seattle since 1989. Uh, I love it. I love the food, and uh, let's get rocking on some pizza. And as I look at Pizza One, Pizza One is Credo. It's uh, called cupping, and it's the cupping of the pepperoni, which means that the base of the oven was really hot when this went in. The surface area where the pepperoni was lying was super hot, and so it cups up, and it has that little pool of oil in it. I look for that, it's amazing. Pizza number two. Pizza two is mod. The pepperoni is flat. So on the pepperoni, pizza one owns it. You see on the crust that pizza one gets pretty good browning and some light bubbling on the crust. Definitely is desirable. And pizza two, it almost looks like the crust didn't get an opportunity to rise. There's uh, something called the gum line that exists between the sauce and the cheese and the toppings where if you have a, too much sauce and it's not the right temperature or it's not hot enough in your oven, the pizza falls flat. Already expecting to see that with pizza two. So to give pizza two a fair chance, I will go with pizza two first. The sausage on pizza two, it's a nice fennel sausage. It's good. Yeah, the, the, flavor, is pretty, the flavor is pretty nice. The flavor of the pepperoni is great, however, it's just not cupped up. The oven's not hot enough. Uh, I'm gonna move on to pizza number one over here, which I'm telling you, the outside crust is golden brown with a couple of blisters that are dark. The pepperoni is cupped. The basil uh, was fresh. They picked it off when this pizza was hot, which is not right this second. Delicious. It's delicious. I think on both pizzas, the toppings are probably too generous. It's really good. And that there's there's actual tomato 
Both have really light sauce. I actually think I meant to give the sauce to number two. The pizza production is definitely number pizza number one. Mm. It's just a really good pizza with good ingredients, decent balance, and everything tastes delicious. And the crust is beautiful. The crust is really well done. But I can see this as a in-house pizza, you would be loud. I even think that they brushed the outside with a touch of oil after it came out. My vote is pizza number one. And Pizzeria Credo wins! Chef Jacques hitting all the right notes in this crucial Final Four matchup. An impressive run by Maude, introducing itself to West Seattle by getting all the way to the Final Four. But now the matchup is set. It's Sopranos Pizza and Pasta versus Pizzeria Credo. Let's take a break from pizza and do a little reading. April is National Poetry Month, so we decided to check out one of the several literary events that West Seattle has to offer. Good evening. Good evening. We're going to start, we're going to start uh, just one minute early. This is CNP Coffee, the second Wednesday of the month, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the evening. We ran out of time, because 9 o'clock is Cinderella time. That's Leopoldo. He organizes and hosts Poetry Bridge. I sat down with him to find out how he got started in poetry and how Poetry Bridge came into existence. Uh, Valentine's Day. You know, I, I decided to write, in lieu of getting a gift, write a poem uh, to my wife, and it was a big hit. Uh, my wife and I put together a small little vanity book. It's a nice little book. So. I had given a copy to Cameron and Pete because uh, we came in here from the very when they first opened up. But then they hired a guy named Walter Matthoot, and uh, he was a barista here. And one day I come in, and Walter, uh, uh, Pete's there, it says, I want to, or maybe it was Cameron, I want to introduce you to Leopoldo. He's our resident poet. <laughs> I had suddenly been elevated. And, and this is Walter, and he does poetry, and he wants to get a poetry thing going. And in February of 2010, we launched it. So I think I read for about 45 minutes. And it's some real poets. Let me put people who had actually published and had somebody published came. Kun Woon, who um, came upon the scene a couple of years ago and wanted to be a featured reader, and he's... He's, he's not only been published, but he's one of those uh, that has, has received quite a bit of acclaim. But he came and read, and it was wonderful. Um, he knew a whole network of poets, so that we became kind of a little regional. Trying to get new readers. Um, various people have been very helpful in that regard. Nobody um, more helpful than Kuhn Woon is over there. Raise your hand, Kuhn. Turned out that there weren't that many uh, open mics not a lot of them so when we had an open mic oh the poets as soon as they found out about it they came and my stomach silence roars louder than a burlington northern carrying bowen fuselages from kansas to kent my thing is art everywhere art you know by everyone i decided to call it community mic because i think you need to be sort of aware that you're part of a community i read your letter again this morning you never say where you are just that you're enjoying the continent. We have a pretty vigorous website. I, I personally don't like Facebook, but I have, we have a Facebook presence and a closed... You find it, look up Poetry Bridge Association, and you'll find it. The second thing is we have a website, 
uh, Poetry Bridge Times. It's like the New York Times, it's poetrybridgetimes.net. And then, of course, um, there's the email list. The, what the happens email. here in the two hours, and I think the sense of connection that people have with each other around this, and the sense of connection we have by being in this venue, uh, because it's more than just a coffee house. It's a real community center, uh, not only just for the arts, but for uh, political, social activity, and just families have connected around this. There's just so many interweaving stories. So we're just part of that. And every time when we leave, we go, oh, what a wonderful evening. Because it really does seem magical. It's like this place, uh, the spoken word, the, the, it's not just the creative aspect of it. And it's not actually the poets. It's, it's the poet standing there in front of us, no matter how much experience he or she has had, that it's wonderful, the people who decide to come and share what they have created. But it's the listening that happens here. People really truly listen. So I think that's... It's the listening. So, let's listen to some excerpts from Community Mike on April 11th. I took parts of poems from Gayloid, Susan, and Lisa. This breath is warm and welcoming, accepting everything. Is there not a day that passes where I can linger without a thought of you? or a dream that could survive your interruptions. Before she died, my mother taught me how to make pie crust. This breath is soft and gentle. Sift flour and salt. Work in the shortening without worrying. Is steady and deliberate. Add four to five tablespoons of ice water. The fewer, the flakier. Be careful. Stir as little as possible. The answer lies between your name and its meaning. Everyone knows your name. Roll the dough out lightly from the middle to the edge. Wrap it over the rolling pin and lift it onto the plate. Repair the tears. This breath is heartbroken. I fill the crust with sour apples and cinnamon. Pleasurable fragrance. Oh, I could have bought a frozen crust and a can of filling. This breath is happening now. But then I wouldn't know how to teach my children when to stir without worrying. And I am here. How to roll to the edge. In the newness. How to balance, lift, and repair. And hope. How to fill a flaky crust. Good name. How to teach them. Isn't it love? Of life. Life is easy as pie. That's Poetry Bridge, CNP Coffee, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m., the second Wednesday of each month. Thanks to Leopoldo and everyone in the Poetry Bridge community. Thanks to community micers, Gayloid, Lisa, and a special thanks to Susan, my mother-in-law, for the pie crust, both literary and literal. We will hear a bit more from Poetry Bridge at the end of today's episode with a short story from featured reader Matt Briggs. But now let's settle this pizza matchup. We've narrowed the field all the way from 16 West Seattle pizza places down to two. It's Pizzeria Credo versus Sopranos. Chef Jacques from Credo and Chef Nick from Sopranos were both nice enough to provide three Chef's Choice pizzas for the final matchup, and Beverage Place Pub was nice enough to provide a venue. By the way, Beverage Place Pub, 6413 California Avenue, a premier beer destination right at West Seattle's Morgan Junction. On a Tuesday afternoon in April, we had patrons of the Beverage Place Pub taste pizza and declare a winner. Let's listen in. 
and see who wins. So we're down to Credo. Pizza one is Credo. And Sopranos. Pizza two is Sopranos. Oh, where's so this? It's across the street from the Admiral Theater. So this is like a five cheese. This has pepperoni and sausage. And I'm trying to five cheese. All right, and then, and then this is like a margarita. This has a piping prosciutto on it. This has a whole bunch of stuff. So our first vote. Oh. That's that one. That's two. two. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys want some pizza? It was a tough decision. It was a tough decision, but you're confidently going with All right, one. and these in here? Yeah, I like their sauce better. Their crust held up a little bit better, too. It's pretty even right now. If you want to hear more of it, search for Podcast West Seattle on SoundCloud or iTunes. Awesome. Thank you. So grab a one and a two, is that correct? Yep. Okay. A one and a two and a two. Here we have not have either. It's uh, but the owner comes in all the time to trade and goes and we talk to him. It's right here, Super right? Super cool shop, yeah. So the ingredients wasn't apples to apples. Yeah, I'd say two. Because that plays into it. The, the spiciness is great. <laughs> Which pizza are you on? I'm on this first one. Pizza one yeah. is Greta. It's not too overpowering. Nice enough to enjoy. Got a little tingling sensation. <laughs> <laughs> Overall mouthfeel. <laughs> Positive. Do you find your pizza There's not a huge gap in between how much better two was than one. Pizza two is Sopranos. It's not like two was so much better than one. Two was a little bit better. Two point match. And I can even see a situation where one would be, would be better than two. Circumstantial. Different kind of pizza. Both crusts are very good. The sauce in number two. The sauce in number two. And the toppings of uh, pizza number one. Yeah, of the red sauce. Thanks. I liked the flavor of the crust on number one. The flavor was a little sweeter almost. Not too, not, not very sweet, but the sauce stuck out to me. Otherwise, they tasted kind of similar, but yeah, the sauce got me. So, pizza one is here. Yeah, and there's a two is here. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Then grab a ticket. Oh, I need a ticket. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks, you guys. Thank you. I don't know. This was good. It was, they were both very good. And I'm from New York, so like oh, I'm a little picky about pizza. Okay, yeah. Both the crusts were good. This one that I tried it was maybe a little more unique because it was white, but I'm going with the more traditional one that I have. So I'm going that way. Thank you. Yeah, sure. So we started with 16 pizza places in West Seattle. We're down to Sopranos and Credo. Thank you. Pizza too. It has prosciutto, balsamic vinegar, and some cheese. The flavor. It's a good factor. The flavor, but I like the the crust as well. So, yeah, it was delicious. Great, thank yeah, you. thanks. Nine to ten. All right, so the deal is, I think Pizza 2 had a superior crust. Uh, the main crust of the pizza was definitely uh, more hearty, much more enjoyable. But I gotta say, I voted for Pizza 1. It's just got a little bit more flavor punch. And that's, that's what's, uh, you know, uh, what I really needed after drinking all these beers. That's good. Actually, yeah. This is great. Pizza one, pizza two. Thank you. Thank you. That one was a little too sweet. Yeah. My that my girlfriend's was number two was her favorite, but for me it was a little too sweet. 
I like the um, simple. That the number one tasted um, really like really good too. Um, I like the thin crust and was just a somewhat a traditional type of pizza, and that surprised me. That one here, I don't know exactly what it is, but it was um, really good uh, for a pizza. So, all right, all right. I think it's about time to do an official count here. You can count. Just count. We're counting pizza two first. Twelve for pizza two. And that decides it. Pizzeria Credo is the 2018 West Seattle Pizza Tournament champion. Congratulations to Chef Jacques and all the staff down at Pizzeria Credo. Let's take a quick look at just a few things going on around the peninsula. A new production recently started at Arts West down at the junction. Here's Michael Wallenfels to tell you a bit about it. An Octoroon. It's a very new play. It was written in the past uh, three or four years, debuted in New York, and was a smash hit, and they've been producing it all across the country, which is kind of phenomenal because it's a really challenging play. It's challenging creatively because of how it's structured, and it's challenging because of its content. It confronts the racial present and the racial past of this country. It confronts stereotypes and the performance of race in a way that is really unrelenting. It doesn't sidestep, it doesn't comfort, it doesn't try to equivocate. What it does try to do is try to shake up conditioned patterns of thinking. Now do we describe the plot? <laughs> <laughs> what it is is an adaptation. There's a, there's a 19th century play called The Octoroon, this play that was written just a few years ago that we're putting on is an adaptation of that um, in the loosest sense of the word. Um, you, the, the play opens with uh, the lead coming out naked or in underwear or the, 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 the stage directions are interesting. It says something like he is um, nude or nearly so. So it's up to the directors to decide. So you'll have to come on opening night to find out what happens. But he comes out and he says, I'm a black playwright. And he announces that to the audience and proceeds from there. It's a really, there's no other plays, there's few plays like it. An Octoroon opens on April 19th and plays through May 13th. And it's Thursdays through Saturdays at 7.30 and Sundays are at 3 p.m. matinee. On last month's episode of Podcast West Seattle, we visited with the Chief South International High School mock trial team just before the state competition. I sat down with two students from the team to find out how they did at state and what's next. My name is Eileen Conley, and I'm a ninth grader. My name is Ahmad Ross, and I'm a senior at Chief Self. I was a junior attorney. So. Uh, this year I was lead attorney and captain of the attorneys. Kind of write up lesson plans for objections and legal statutes, and I yell at the other attorneys and try to tell them what to do, see if they listen to me. They usually don't. State was somewhat overwhelming. Uh, this, this was Chief Sell's first time at State, so in the beginning we didn't know what to expect. Both the prosecution and defense did an outstanding job. Um, they represented self very well. Overall, we performed really well, as it turns out. We really enjoyed ourselves. Uh, we placed sixth. At State, uh, Chief Salt was recognized. It uh, received the Values Award, which is an award based upon the rankings of other teams. The other teams chose Chief Salt for its values, which I thought was really meaningful because it showed us that even though this was our first time at State, our character got us to the top. Yes, um, I'm part of the Drama Club, Key Club, which is volunteering. 
am working towards becoming a witness captain, leading the witnesses in developing their characters. I think in the summer I'm going to try to work on some sort of immigration policy work, and then come August I'm going to move to New York to attend Columbia. That's outstanding work from young people right here in the community. Speaking of the community, did you know that our community needs 800 new blood donors each day just to keep up supplies? I recently donated blood at the Blood Works Northwest Blood Mobile at the junction. My phlebotomist Jessica was great. It only took about 40 minutes. Okay, just gonna clean your arm for 30 seconds and we'll let it dry and get you going. Okay. Okay, squeeze a couple times and hold it tight. Squeeze and release every few seconds. Should be done in less than 10 minutes, okay? Great, great. There's a blood drive at Alki Masonic Lodge in the afternoon on April 30th, and the Blood Mobile will be back at the junction on May 5th. For a full schedule of Mobile locations, visit bloodworksnorthwest.com, and please donate blood if you can. Finally today, author Matt Briggs performed his short story, A Higher Power, at Poetry Bridge in April. Let's listen. And this next one is called A Higher Power. My wife Marty was an Al-Anon. Marty always took me with her on what I thought of as her meet and greets. Marty wasn't trying to sell anything. She wasn't running for office, but rather, I figured she was looking for something about herself in these meetings. These were retired boozers like she was, and they had moved and assembled lies out of whatever was left of their health, of their marriages, their families, out of their cars that were still banged up in inexplicable places because of the type of collisions you have when you're blacked out. We were visiting Ralph and his wife, Samantha, who went by Sammy. They lived in an actual cul-de-sac in the suburbs. Ralph had a, a five-year-old Chevy Impala, one of those new additions, and he had somehow dented the roof of the car and then tried to pull the dent out so that it had a kind of metal cowling. Marty had been talking to Ralph and Sammy at the meetings. Like all our meet and greets, she didn't really know them that well. We were sitting in Ralph's living room, we had driven out to the suburbs from the city and all around the place for houses. There were apartment buildings that looked like houses, stacked on houses. There were big lots around his house. We were in Ralph's living room, not able to find anything to talk about. And then Ralph said to me, so, you want to look at my guns? Uh, sure, I said. Ralph got up and went upstairs and then and climbed a ladder into his attic. He'd kind of remodeled the crawl space up there into a man cave. Had three feet at the walls and then sloping walls up to the point in the roof. There were just two windows looking out at the neighborhood. The room was full of rifles. Each of the rifles had an amazing telescopic sight like you might see on a sniper rifle, and he handed me one of the rifles. What do you think? This is a fine gun, I said. It was beautiful. The barrel was well-oiled, taken care of. The wood had a high sheen, and it was kind of heavy and solid. It felt like something. Go ahead, Ralph said. Go ahead. Uh, what do you mean? Look through the sight, Ralph said. So I did, but there wasn't anything really to look at in the room. Whoa, he said. You don't point a weapon at a person. I'm trying to find something to look at, I said. You'll need to look out the window, he said. And so I did, and I could see all sorts of things around the neighborhood through the sights. Better than that, I could see through the crosshairs. I zeroed in on a crow. I kept the bird right in the middle of the hairs. If I just pulled the trigger, 
And then I was looking at someone's shoulder and I couldn't help myself. I brought their head right into the center of the crosshairs. I could pull the trigger and take someone's life. The person was doing something in their yard. It was an old lady. She was weeding a bed of roses in the winter. She wouldn't even know. She didn't know she was in the crosshairs right then. And that was a saying, in the crosshairs, and I was doing it. Wigged out, I handed the rifle back to Ralph. That's something. You have the bird's eye view from up here, I said. I can see everything, all of the comings and goings, he said. Better safe than sorry, I said. It passes the time, Ralph said. Ralph took the rifle and then he quickly found the old lady. Are you pointing a loaded gun at that old lady? You did it, Ralph said. You know how it feels. For a moment, the power of life and death. I'm not enabling you, man. You should stop. For a second, I am God. Do you think this is right? Right? I can do it, so I do it. Would you really kill someone? Yes. This is the thing that keeps me bound to this mortal coil. If I could really do it, I would be a god already. It would be no more than a flick of a finger and a jolt to my shoulder. I hold that thought close. In that instant, I am death. I see what he meant. I could feel it in the room. The power to project that sort of force out of this little forgotten space in the attic of a home in a forgotten suburb on a cul-de-sac and fit a piece of lead through someone's brain. A prison sentence wouldn't bring them back. To not kill them was to give them life. And that old lady didn't even know she was being given life, but Ralph knew it. I could see how you could feel it. I understood what Ralph meant. I felt I should be creeped out by Ralph. He was creepy, right? But, but I wasn't. I mean, we all have our hobbies. Some people make scrapbooks. They assemble the loose paper tickets, the receipts, the greeting cards, the sentimental detritus of their life into an archive-grade binder, desperate to call it art, waving off the inevitable. Even if their children do treasure their scrapbooks, it won't really matter to the scrapbook artists because they won't know. They'll be dead. Yeah, I said. I felt I understood. But Ralph didn't hear it. Yeah? Yeah? Are you judging me? Man, I'm no judge. Whatever gets your rocks off that isn't pills or booze. And if that's your thing, go forth and drink. Pop pills. You aren't hurting anyone. I could. I could hurt someone. I could take someone's life with a flick of my finger. You don't think I could do it? We stood in the darkness. Ralph had his finger on the rifle trigger, his eyes to the scope, praying to the woman three houses down in her backyard with a handful of rose hips in her hand. Ralph moved the scope slightly as the woman moved. I didn't know what to say to save her life. If Ralph was going to shoot the rifle, he would kill her. Of course, I believe you, man. Life or death, you've got it. Matt Briggs is the author of eight works of fiction. His novel, Shoot the Buffalo, was nominated for the 2006 Washington State Book Award and won the 2006 American Book Award. He will soon release a collection of short stories called The Frog in My Throat. A higher power does not appear in that collection. You can find more about him at mattbriggs.com or at suburgian.com. That's all for this month. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, tell a friend, write a review, or all three. Until next time, here's more from St. Pat. Text for the soul like old man.